0: I'm Mindy Hancock, Mindset and Life Coach, and you're listening to the Mindy Mission Podcast. This podcast is a high-vibe, expansive space for women on a mission who are ready to stop playing small. You have one life to live. It is up to you to decide how you choose to spend it. It's time to stop waiting, stand up, and
1: start living your dreams.
0: Everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Mindy Mission Podcast. Today on the podcast, I had the pleasure of interviewing Jess Massey. Jess is a Tampa-based creative whose mission is to help busy babes ditch doubt and get stuff done without losing their minds, or better known as how to hustle saintly. She dropped out of grad school in January, and she's now working full-time online to encourage, empower, and equip women to stop dreaming and start doing by providing them with tangible tools that promote habits of clarity and organization. She creates digital planners and journals that help her community get clear on their vision, organize their schedule, optimize their time, and accomplish those big goals that they've kept tucked away in their hearts. She also designs graphic tees so that they can look super cute and be encouraged along the way. So guys, I know that you are going to love, love, love this episode. Honestly, this episode went in so many different directions, directions that I had no idea it was going to go, and everything that needed to be said on this podcast was said. I'm so glad that I had this conversation with Jess. You are absolutely going to love it, and I cannot wait for you to get into this episode get some tangible tools that you can take away and then go get in her energy because she's amazing so i hope you enjoy this episode and without further ado i'll see you inside hello everyone and welcome back to another episode today on the podcast i have jess massey hello hello hi so excited to be here i'm so excited to have you um First of all, I wanted to just say that I don't know if you want me to call you Jess. I should have asked you this before. Or Jessica, what do you
1: prefer? <laughs> I guess my online persona is Jess. We'll go with Jess.
0: Okay. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Hi, Jess. <laughs> okay. So, first, I just like to start off my podcast the same way every time. If you can just give us a background of who you are. I did give a a bio before the intro or before the episode started, but if you can just give them a background of who you are, what led you to this point? What's your story? Who is Jess at her
1: core? Okay. So I am 29 years old. I'll, I'll start with that because a lot of people always wonder because they have made so many career changes and people, when they hear my story, they're like, are you like 35? Like how have you done so many different jobs? So back in 2011, it was my senior year of my first time in college, and that was the first time that I was ever introduced to, like, the online space Mm -hmm. as – Um, Like social media. That's when I started my very first blog, because I needed um, an elective credit. And the only online course that was offered was intro to blogging. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be a blogger this semester then. That's cool. So yeah, I started and that's kind of how I got into it. And I fell in love with it. And I was like, oh, this is actually amazing. Like I love doing this. And I met a lot of new friends through it. One of my bridesmaids was actually someone that I met through blogging, like way Back then. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I graduated college, my first degree was in public relations, and I had no idea what to do. Um, so I was kind of like, uh, what do I do now that college is over? I have to go be an adult now. And so a lot of my friends and family suggested that I become a personal trainer, because I had recently lost a lot of weight. And I loved going to the gym, health and fitness is very important to me as an individual. Mm-hmm. And so it just quote, made sense for me to do that. So I was like, okay, great. Why not? So I got that certification. And then from when I was 23 until I was 25, I was a certified personal trainer. And I kind of leaned into that online space. So I had like an online gym. And this was before Um, A lot of people had like membership websites, so it was really tough navigating how to figure out the logistics and the back end stuff. Like there weren't online courses that you could take. There weren't coaches that you could hire to help with this kind of stuff. So it was really draining and exhausting because to be quite honest, and this surprises a lot of people, I'm not super into the backend type of stuff. Like I love creating content. I love creating products, but the backend stuff overwhelms me and it kind of drains me rather than fulfills me. So I got sucked down the black hole of just trying to, and there weren't virtual assistants back then, or if there were, I didn't know that they existed. Right. Um, so I was just trying to do everything on my own, Google everything, figure it out, you know, and it was just a lot for someone who had no idea what they were doing. And not only that, but I didn't really have a clear vision of where I was headed. So it was kind of like I was on this hamster wheel and I just didn't know like where I was trying to get off. I didn't like, I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I was working all day, every day, but like, I didn't know for what. Um, So then I, when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a teacher or an author But, you know, in high school, everyone's like, don't be a teacher. They don't make any money. I'm sure you've heard that before. Right. (laughs) And I just got nervous about that. So I kind of backed off. And that's why I went with public relations. And then every year, I would always get this feeling in August when teachers would start posting, like, their back-to-school stuff. And I would have, like, this hole in my heart. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I want to be working in a school and that was kind of where it was. I wanted to work like in a school setting because I love the community of the school setting. I wasn't so much sold on being a teacher. I was more so sold on working in a school. Um, So then I started Googling other options for like working in a school and that's how I actually found speech language pathology. So I went back to school in, oh my gosh, August of 2015 yeah wow August 2015 to get my second bachelor's degree in uh, (laughs) speech and I finished that a year and a half later And I worked as a speech language pathology assistant while I was waiting to get into grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I absolutely loved it. And that's when I started the Social Speechy, which is um, a speech Instagram account that I used to run. And girl, it grew like wildfire because there was such a need for it. Because there's so many teacher grammars. Like, that's a huge thing. But there weren't many slps on instagram who were in grad school there there's a like a good amount of actual slps on um instagram but there was no information for students and because i was looking for it and i couldn't find it so i was like if i do get into grad school i'm gonna put this out there for people because people need it Mm -hmm. so I was in grad school, I started August 2017, and then I actually dropped out, which I know sounds very dramatic, in January of this year. I had about a year and a half left in the program. I was just under halfway done. Um, And it was a hard decision to make, um, as far as actually making the decision, but once the dis- the decision was made, I was just like so at peace. And the reason why I decided to step away, I did love it, and it, I did feel fulfilled. But I started um, my what I do now, which my brand is called Hustle Sanely. and I started that in September of last year. So it's a baby, baby, baby. Mm-hmm. And I sell digital planners. That's like my main my main gig there and they took off and I think it's because it's such a niche and a lot of people weren't doing it at that point now there's a lot more people making them selling them creating them using them Um, but I think it was just one of those like I was in the right place at the right time and I put a lot of heart and effort into my product and a lot of people saw me using it on Instagram the social speechy and so people asked if I could start selling the products that I was using to stay organized because I was working two jobs and then doing teachers pay teachers, like all the social speechy stuff. And then I was in grad school and I'm married. I have dogs. I don't have any kids, but I was, I was very busy. I had a very full plate and Mm -hmm of course, everything on social media looks more seamless than it is in real life. So a lot of people were like, what are your secrets? How are you doing it all? How are you staying organized? And I've always been just a super organized person. And I'm very passionate about productivity and just being organized and very type A. And so I just fell in love with creating a community online where we could all share like tips and encouragement about just like, navigating life and doing it in a way that yeah you're going after your dreams you're reaching your goals but you're you also have a life like you're still pouring into being a good wife being a good mom being a good friend being a good daughter or whatever you are Um, because it's so easy I feel like especially with social media to just kind of get caught in this rat race and then you kind of look left and you look right and you're like oh my gosh like I haven't spoken to my family in two weeks like because I've been so quote busy doing whatever you're doing you know and so I just I didn't it's really cool that I didn't even know that this job that I'm doing now existed like it's a brand and a community that I've built and I get goosebumps talking about it because I didn't know you could be so passionate about a job or a career, you know, like I was kind of looking for something that yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it, which is what speech was for me. I did like it. I did enjoy it. But I wasn't like waking up like jumping out of bed, like, Oh, my gosh, like, I'm so pumped to just take on today, you know? Yeah. So now that's kind of what I do is I run an online business. I sell digital planners. And I recently started selling t shirts, I hand letter a lot of my designs. And um, so I started doing that. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So everything is new and I'm kind of navigating a lot of new stuff, but it's seriously so much fun. I wake up every day and I'm just like, is this real? Like, is this real life right now? It's so cool.
0: Yes. I love, well, first of all, that whole story. I love the whole story, but I will say the way that you talk about what you're doing now, you can see like the passion, the fire that you have within you. And that's when you know that you're number one, like first and foremost, in the right place. Like this is where you were meant to be. This is where you're supposed to be all along. But we always take journeys and there's just like journey to get from point A to, you know, and is this the end? No, there's so much more growth and things are going right. to happen for you and hustle sanely and what this is going to look like in, you know, a year or two years, who knows. But I do want to um, kind of backtrack a little bit a on a couple of things that you said. Um, first thing I want to say was when you were kind of in that space of Because I think we all have gone through this at some point where we know that there's something more, like we are happy. We're not, you know, completely unsatisfied. Um, We feel that, you know, what we're doing is a good choice or like it's a good career path or whatever, but there's still something missing and you can't put your finger on it because I too went through that. Like I'm a teacher, I'm still work full time as a teacher. Um, but I went through this point where I didn't know what, what this nagging feeling was inside of me. And I, it kept me up at night and I, and I would, you know, cry to my husband, like, what is this feeling? I am supposed to be helping women in some way and I don't know what, what it is and I can't figure it out. So, of course, my first thing was I started a blog, thought that was going to be it, and it's still, that feeling wouldn't go away. So how did, what was that like for you to navigate that feeling of like, I'm not 100%, I I know that this is not it, like this isn't it for me, but what, there's still
1: something there. For me, I feel like it's a little bit different because I didn't even realize that I wanted more or craved more until I kind of got a little taste of it. First, mm-hmm. But then once I got that little taste, because once I started my Etsy shop and like threw the planners up, I had no agenda. I had, which is ironic because I'm kind of selling. A <laughs> 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 but, like I had no plan. Um, I was just meeting a need that people wanted. So I was like, okay, sure. I'll put them up. I expected, okay, maybe two or three people, the people who DM me will buy these and I'll just keep on trucking along with grad school. Um, but then once, like I said, I started connecting with my community and building a community. Like I didn't even expect that to happen either. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the feeling that those people that you hear talking about, like just being so fulfilled, like this is what they're talking about. And kind of what you were asking, I guess when I kind of knew is when I started getting almost angry and I know that's kind of a strong word but I was on winter break from December to January and I had to start gearing back up to, so I had all of December to kind of like live this dream life or pretend life where like my side hustle was my job because I wasn't in school at that moment And when I started having to kind of, you know, like the couple like week or two before you go back to school from a long break, you start to get like that anxiety if that's not where you really want to be. And like, I started getting feelings like that. And then I started having to pour because you know, you get homework from your professors before you go back so I started getting those emails and like in the past of course I was never like yay homework but like I wasn't upset I'd be like Mm -hmm. okay this is just what I have to do and I would do it but that's kind of when I knew like okay this is not the path that I'm going to be walking down anymore because I'm getting angry that this is taking time away from what I want to be building Mm -hmm. so That's kind of how I knew like something's got to give, something's got to kind of pivot a little bit because I knew that the rate my business was growing and the attention that grad school required because um, as a speech grad student, you are required to do practicums. So I was on site somewhere um, between 12 and 15 hours a week and then starting this semester, the one that I left. Um, is when we were starting to get into like the neuroanatomy, like a lot of the science-heavy classes. And Mm -hmm. so I knew, I was like, I can't do both of these. And so I kind of had to just make a choice. But that's how I knew is when I started getting like, because I'm not a naturally angry person. So when I started getting those like kind of nasty feelings, I was like, whoa, like this is like a big red flag. Mm -hmm. I need to do something about it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of times we – I I think that we kind of shove those feelings down sometimes when we are, especially when we're on a a path that we feel like is something that we should do um, Mm -hmm. because we, you know, whether it be like the way you were raised or like parents say, you go to school, you get, you know, you go to grad school, you do these things, you do X, Y, Z, and that's how you are successful, whatever it is. Um, So we feel like this is like what we should do. So because we start feeling these feelings, a lot of times we tune them out, um, first and we just like, you know, put our blinders on and get it done. But then at the finish line, you're still not fulfilled. So I love that you actually like, listen to what your, you know, your heart and your gut and your body was saying, like, something is not right here. And I know Mm -hmm. like in recognizing it and making that tough decision, because I know it wasn't an easy decision to make, um, right. I I would be willing to bet it wasn't but at the same time like you said it was like the sense of peace after you made that decision. So mm-hmm. then that tells And me- I
1: I will say that um it wasn't just me who made the decision. Like obviously I made the ultimate decision because it's my life and my choice, but I think it's so important to have a support system around you and um a very strategically built support system because it, I'm very careful about who I let in as far as like dreams and goals go, especially when they're like kind of unborn dreams because, um, I mean, I feel like it goes without saying you just want to be careful who you share that stuff with, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had like my husband and then my family, thankfully, were all really supportive and they all kind of trusted like what I was doing and how you said you can kind of see me light up and hear me light up when I was talking about what I was doing. Like they could see that and they respected that thankfully. And then I had a few close girlfriends who um, kind of urged me on and don't get me wrong. They weren't all like, yeah, drop out of school. Okay. Oh, you did a Great job. Like they, they asked me the hard questions and they had me sit and just kind of think about like, what will this look like if this happens? And one thing that I did do with one of my girlfriends is we kind of played out, okay, what's the worst case scenario that's going to happen if you drop out and this online business tanks right away? Like what, like, what is that going to look like? Like, Is it worth it to you if that does happen to take the risk? And so I know it sounds like kind of extreme. I'm a very extreme person. (laughs) Um, We got out a notebook and I kind of just wrote out, like, I think I heard Jenna Kutcher on her podcast talk about doing this or somewhere or something. And so I wrote out what the worst case scenario is and then what I would do in that situation. And seeing it written out on paper, I was like, okay, that's not even that bad. So if that does happen, Okay, life's gonna go on, so I have to try this. I have to go for it. like I would be so upset with myself if I didn't. you know,
0: yeah, absolutely. um and one other thing I want to go back to that you said was at a point that you were um working two jobs, you were in grad school, you were doing all the things, and a lot of people that are listening to this podcast um they have a full time job and some sort of side hustle of some sort that's naturally who I tracked in because that's what I do, so um a lot of people listening are in that space where a lot of times they're like, how do I do it all? How do you know? Because I get asked that a lot too. How do you do it? How do you always, you know, how do you do a podcast? How do you run a business? How are you a full-time teacher? How are you able to do it? And so I just want to get from your perspective, because I know you said you're very um, organized. You've always been very type A kind of personality. And I agree. I'm the same way type A checklist, to-do list, all the things. So tell me, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm like, give me a, a checklist. I can get that done. Like I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm golden there. Um, But what are your tips whenever you were in that season of life to kind of, for the lack of better word, balance, manage, um, but be able to keep yourself sane. And then you also said that you mentioned the part where, you know, you said you're not you might, two weeks goes by and you haven't seen your family or whatever. And I even now have, I have seen that happen for myself. And it's like, you don't even realize it, but you have all these other things going on and you're trying to be 100% in every area. And so sometimes you, something has to give and you have to give yourself a little bit of grace, but, um, just want to know what, what that looked like for you and how you, um, managed it at that time.
1: Sure. So first of all, I want to say that it's so important for you to honor the season that you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like if you're a new mom or if you are in grad school, especially if whatever you're dealing with, whatever season you're in Mm -hmm. has like an end point, like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, grad school, obviously I had like a graduation date in mind. So I was like, okay, I just have to like hustle like for this amount of time and like kind of lean into that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think it's important to kind of respect the season that you're in. You can't really look at somebody who maybe is only working one job and, you know, doesn't have any kids and they're traveling and like living the life you want to be living, but their circumstances are a lot different than yours. So you have to really understand that and kind of like be okay with that. So that was like my first thing is because when I was first kind of trying to get my bearings when I was working the um, couple jobs and then in grad school, I would look at my friends going out on the weekends or, you know, going to brunch and like I, I genuinely did not have time or space in my schedule to do that and I would get upset and then I had to kind of check myself. So I did a lot of mindset work, which I know that's your specialty, um, but I would, that's kind of last summer, summer of 2016, so I guess almost two summers ago, I got really serious about taking my mindset to the next level and just kind of doing a lot of internal work. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's kind of an unexpected answer, but you have to do that first because yeah, you can make all the lists, you can create the perfect schedule, but if you're not in a good frame of mind, it doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't. Um, But then once you've got that kind of squared away and you're, you know, on that journey and you're, you've come to terms with, okay, I have to continually be working on my mindset. If I'm going to, do this without going crazy. Um, For me, I am a very visual person. So I actually have a course that I'm building out right now of like my method of creating like a schedule that works for you, which is really exciting because it's my first course. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, I am such a big advocate of time blocking because I feel like a lot of people are taking, I guess, before even time blocking is kind of doing an inventory of your time because I feel like a lot of us don't even know how much we do have on our to-do list, you know? Like – From day to day. So like we know the big tasks that are on our to do list, but we don't know like the little nitty gritty and those take time like even though like they're little to you and they're easy to you just because you've been doing them for so long, like they still take up some of your time and you have to account for them. So that's always Mm -hmm. what I would do at the beginning of every semester first because that's kind of like when things would change for me would be at the start of a new semester And then i have to kind of redo this method all over again to um, compensate for or accommodate for um, the new classes, new practicum sites, and things like that. So I um, would do like a time inventory first and kind of just do – I would do it over a week because every day, you know, is a little bit different for most people. So I did the time inventory, and I would just straight up write on a piece of paper. This was before I had like the digital planners or anything like that. And I would just write Monday from, you know – five to six AM, this is what I was doing. I would do it hourly just so I wasn't overwhelmed. Like I wouldn't do like every, you know, five minutes just because that could get crazy. Yes. Um so I did like an hourly just kind of inventory of my time just to see like what all I needed to get done, what all I was doing. And then from there I kind of built I call it like the skeleton of a schedule. So I like my ideal schedule. So I wrote down how many hours I wanted to be sleeping a week, how many hours I wanted to be working out a week, how many hours I wanted to be spending with friends and family a week. Cause if you don't build that in, it's not going to happen. And I learned that the hard way. Um, so everything like homework, um, time spent working on my business. I was really um, going hard with teachers pay teachers back then. Um, so I had time built in for that um, time built in for my other part-time job that I was doing at the time. And then, um, practicum like you have to prepare for practicum so that's why the time inventory is so important because like when if you just try to write out a schedule you're like okay I have to be on site at practicum from 10 a.m until 5 p.m okay, but you're not accounting for the prep time that you need for that, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's probably going to take you an hour or two, probably two if you're a grad student to prep for all those sessions, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to forget about that kind of stuff if you're just straight up writing a schedule. So that's why I really, really am such a believer in taking inventory of your, like a whole week, like it sounds excessive, but you'd be surprised. So I do the time inventory, And then I would do the um, like ideal schedule. So kind of write out how many hours I want to be spending on each thing. And then from there, I would get out a big poster board. And I would have a sticky note for each category. So like all my school stuff would be yellow, my social life stuff would be pink, my side business stuff would be blue, things like that. And I would kind of break up the poster board into days of the week, hours. It was not pretty, but I just, I needed to see it all laid Mm -hmm. out. And then I kind of just built a schedule with post-it notes and a big poster board. And it just kind of, it was very freeing to get it, to clear it out of your head and kind of see it on paper. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of forces you to see how full your schedule is and how maybe some stuff you do need to get rid of if it's not serving you or bringing you closer to what you're trying to accomplish or maybe outsource if you're at that point which is something that I am exploring now um so it just it kind of forces you to sit with your schedule because i feel like if you keep stuff up in your head and you don't like talk talk it out with someone or get it out on paper you're kind of almost in denial, you know, you're like, ah, it's fine, I'll figure it out, I'll make it work. But then as you're trying to truck through it, you're stressing the heck out because you haven't really sat with it and looked at how much you do have going on, you know, and that's where the crazy comes in.
0: Yeah. And first of all, I love the idea of like, I'm a very visual person. And for me, a lot of times I get wrapped up in if as long as it's on my calendar, that it's like a to-do that I like I'm okay. But then I end up getting overwhelmed if I forget to add something or if I don't put like Let's say I don't put that today I'm going to work out at 430, but then I, it it somehow like it will end up getting, I'll get overwhelmed. Or sometimes I think I'll even just because it's on like Google, Google calendar or something like I think in my head, like, Oh, I have time that day. And then I'll just start adding things in. And then when it comes down to it, I'm like, Oh wait that's a lot of one of doing in one day. And so I love the actual, like seeing it visually on a poster board. I don't care if it's pretty or not. Like I love that. We're also that you can move things around and it's very, you know, you can change it. I do love that. So definitely something that I'm going to try number one. So I'm glad that I just learned that here. Um, But I also side note, I have a mastermind call after this and we're actually talking about boundaries and like time management and how to do all of that. So, and I've had clients take, um, time inventories, but with like, I just had them like log what they do throughout the day because a lot of times they say, I've had people say, well, I don't have time to do X, Y, Z, or as I don't have the same amount of time as, you know, Susie has. And she's, you know, that's the reason why she is where she is. And I just don't have that time. And then I would say, okay, well, if it's important to you, you can find the time. and. And I, I've also lived in that space. I've lived in this space of, well, I don't have time. That's why I can't do this. I don't have time. That's why I can't, you know, achieve this goal. But then in, in the end, it really was if I, apparently I didn't want it bad enough. Like now mm-hmm. I know the difference. And I know when something lights you up, how much harder you're willing to work for it and right. where you're willing to kind of maneuver things and give, and you said something else that um, really hit home for me. And I've had to talk to a lot of clients about this as well Is sometimes you have to, when you take that inventory, there are things that have to give, there are things that you may have to let go of and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it may just be in this season that it's time. And sometimes I, uh, you know, it may be that, you know, third job or that fourth job or that, Oh, cause for me, I was, you know, in grad school working full time, um, had an online business, teaching at 5 a.m. in the morning via, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, with VIP kid and stuff like that. And oh my gosh, like why was I doing all of it? I don't know. For some reason I was wearing this like, I'm going to just, I I guess if I just keep going, something will happen. And finally, when I just kind of took a look at at everything, I realized that I had to say, what can I change right now that's not bringing me joy? And like Mm -hmm. the 5 a.m. to get up and Every single morning, every single Saturday, I was getting up to at 4.30 in the morning to start teaching at five. Then I would go to school Monday through Friday and teach as well. So it's like that was not bringing me joy day to day. So I had to let it go. And as soon as I let that go, things like started to kind of settle in for me and then doors started opening and things started kind of flowing a little bit better because you let that stuff happen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you are not like, and I have, I feel like sometimes I've, I've said it over and over, but we, people, we we get so worried about if I let go of this, what somebody's going to think of me or what, you know, my mom or my sister or my friends are going to think if i quit doing this um or i'm going to let someone down and i'm like you know what it doesn't like that in the at the end of the day like if you really want what you want it's time to step up for yourself you know like to right. be bold and people the
1: like the people who truly matter will see that in you and mm-hmm. Like I said, the people in my life who are that for me, they did ask me the hard questions. They didn't just give me like a get out of jail free card, do whatever you want, like, you know, whatever. They asked me the hard questions to make sure that I was doing it for the right reasons and that I was where I should be mentally before making a shift and making a change. And what you said kind of reminded me Too. this is something that I was kind of struggling with um, in March. March was a rough month for me. We kind of chatted about that a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, a couple weeks ago. I was struggling with a lot of stuff mentally. I was kind of in um, a scarcity mindset. And it's ironic because my word for 2019, I choose a word every year to kind of just launch me into the year and something that I really want to cling to that year. And my word for 2019 is abundance. Mm -hmm. And it's because I have kind of just – the way that I grew up, and it's so funny that we're having this conversation because I talked to my dad about this for the first time as an adult two year, or two days ago, and we were just kind of talking about, because, you know, scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I didn't grow, I grew up like, we, we weren't not well off. We were, you know, middle class, middle whatever, class. but like, mm-hmm. my dad had kind of a scarcity mindset when it came to money. He doesn't anymore. He's kind of worked through that as well. But I grew up seeing that, and so that's kind of what I clung to. Clung is the right word. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, But that's (laughs) kind of what I have to hold on to. Good thing I am not in school (laughs) for (laughs) something like psychology. But I kind of grabbed onto that, and I had a conversation with my husband um, last week, and I was like, I've kind of adopted these principles into my life that aren't even mine. And you really have to, I keep going back to this, but the foundation of my business is being mindful first, because if you're not in a good place mentally, or you're not willing to get in a good place mentally, nothing you do is going to matter Because last month, I struggled because I wasn't putting in that mindful work every single day. Like I have a mindfulness journal in my Etsy shop as well as a digital journal. And I use it every morning to just kind of track how I'm feeling when I wake up what I'm grateful for right when I wake up and I write down the 10 goals that I'm working on every single day and then one action step for that day. And I kind of just for some reason, wasn't disciplined in that in March. And it really did take a toll on me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was running in a rat race that I didn't even want to be in. Like I was putting in so much energy and so much time and effort to grow certain parts of my business that I didn't, I don't even really need them to grow. Like that's not my priority, but other people were growing their business in that way. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do it because she's doing it. And that scarcity mindset just started to creep in because that's kind of like what I go to automatically if I'm not very careful because that's just what I grew up around, you know? So it was a big wake-up call for me to kind of go through it. And I'm grateful for it now because it relit that passion and that fire and reminded me of my why. Mm -hmm. And um, it it was just so eye-opening to sit down with myself and recognize and understand, like, you are going so hard and putting so much energy and running around like a mad woman after things that aren't even your goal. Like they're not even you're in like getting you closer to where you want to be. So like, what are you doing? And I feel like you saying like having a clear off of that stuff on the schedule, mm-hmm. like we're so used to just waking up and our feet hit the ground and we just go on autopilot we're just so used to doing it all all the time but we rarely take the time to step back and say how is this activity bringing me closer to where i want to be and i'm not naive i understand that some things you can, like if you're a mom you can't just be like well i don't feel like dragging my kids to school today like Exactly. I'm sure one of your goals is to be a good mom. So technically, yes, you do. <laughs> like, you know, things like that. Like, I'm not naive. I understand that some things are kind of like a have to, but even if you look at those and you kind of dissect those, even those tasks, like the mundane seeming tasks, they really do bring you closer to where you want to be because you allow them on your schedule and into your life, you know? Absolutely. And I love that we
0: just got in the conversation of scarcity mindset, abundant mindset, because I too grew up 100% in scarcity mindset. We were never well off, but we were never like, we never, like we had everything that we needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but we weren't the family that like, you know, went on extravagant vacations and, you know, it was never like that. But I remember always having the mindset of, you know, that money just kind of, went away. Like you it mm-hmm. would come in and then it was gone. It would come in and right. then it was gone. So um that's always what I have thought that my life would that's the way my life is. And so mm-hmm. even as I got married, that's how I've always had this mindset that even when you get money, it's great. It's here, but then it's gone. No matter what, it's always going something's always going to happen. You're never going to be able to hold on to it. And then when I did have it, I wanted to, you know I just want to hold and cling on to it so me. tight. Well,
1: yes. That's yes. kind of where I was Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: because you're afraid. And the next thing you know, you're like, yes, I finally feel safe. And then the water heater goes out and the washer goes out and the refrigerator goes out. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you need new tires on your car, whatever, like all these things happen. And then that puts you like even further back into that scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And so I too have done a lot of rewriting that story of, you know, mm-hmm. that may have been how I was raised. And unfortunately, you know, You know, my parents too have gotten better with their scarcity mindset, but it's, I I still see it, but it's definitely not, um, what it used to be when we were kids. But at the same time, I I realized, you know, that was how I was raised, but that doesn't have to be my story now, unless I choose for it to be. And, but it's so easy to, to be in a space where you can just go right back into scarcity so quickly if we aren't careful. And I will, I mean, I will be doing like, have such feel so like, no matter what I feel so abundant. I feel like, you know, money is just like, it's energy. It's flowing to me. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I can create money in an instant. Like it really Mm -hmm. doesn't take long. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Somebody can go and buy a digital planner from you or buy a tea. It literally takes them one minute to check out. Like it's done and you created revenue, but Mm -hmm. At the same time, I I would, I'd try to just tell myself, like, I am abundant and those things can happen so easy and effortlessly. But then when something would come up, you know, like you have to go do this or there's something that's unexpected, then that easily will make you slip into, well, now everything that I have is gone again or everything's going to fall away.
1: or Right. Or you have to work 10 times as hard so that you can make more. So you have the same amount or more. Yep. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Or this, if I don't show up today, everything's going to fall away tomorrow because I didn't show up today. So getting into that space, if you know what, like just releasing it too, and knowing that we don't have to be in like this control of like it all right here. And like our hands don't have to be like tight around it all the time that it, or there can be some ease and some flow to I it. I was going to say,
1: well. just like how we were talking about how you have to create margin and create space for your schedule, you have to do that for money too, you know? Like, it's going to come and it's going to go. Like, it's not going to stay in one place. And it's just – it's – you have to be so intentional about the mm-hmm. mindset work that you do with it. Because like you said – it's so easy to just slip back into what you know, like what you grew up with, or what you saw as a kid or whatever. And it really is like, it gets easier, I will say every, every couple of weeks as I'm putting in the work and doing it I actually just picked up a book. Um, I'm sure you've heard uh, you are a badass at making money. I haven't read this. I read yeah. you are a badass. Me too. But my girlfriend said this one was really good, so I was like, okay, because I always want to be proactive about doing the work that I need to do to be where I want to be mindset wise, you know? Yeah,
0: and you mentioned too that doing your mindfulness and stuff like that helps, and I, and I say this, the reason why I want to touch on this is because morning routine for me has been something that I have struggled with forever. Um, just something that I've always struggled with, like getting up and getting it done and then going to work and doing all the things, even though I know that I'm going to feel better after I do that. And my day is going to be set up differently and seeing what my day is like when I have the time to sit down and write my gratitude and write, you know, these things, or I, I mean, even just, I love to just sit and do a little bit of, you know, a seven, 10 minute meditation and just Mm -hmm. like, really anchor into that day and what I'm grateful for. And then how that sets up your day and your mindset for that entire day. And then when you don't do it, it's night and day. And I will say like, I have had days this week that I've done it. And then days that I didn't quite get up in time. And I sometimes I'll try to do like a speed, <laughs> a speed morning routine, you know, <laughs> but, um, some days it just, uh, it didn't happen. And then you can, I can totally tell. So I, I totally percent. Because if your mind isn't right, you can't respond to things that happen around you or to you in the way that you should.
1: Right. I agree. I was reading something today. I don't even remember what, but it's all situations are neutral you are the one who like you choose the energy that you bring to every situation, every circumstance, like the situation itself is neutral. Um, They were talking about like a pen sitting on a desk can be used to write like the most beautiful novel, or someone could pick it up and stab the person next to them in the eyeball. Like the pen is just a pen, but it's how you go about approaching the pen or the situation. That kind of brings the energy to it, you know? And when I do my morning routine, which is so important to me, um, I notice, like you said, it's night and day difference. The days that I shoot out of bed and just go straight to my inbox, I feel like a mad woman all day. And I feel like I am living in a place that day. Um, from kind of striving instead of serving and that's like a big thing that I've been working toward or working on in the month of March and that's kind of what helped me get over that slump is just kind of reminding myself like I am not here to strive I'm here to serve and when you serve um, I'm such a big believer that things kind of like flow back to you it all goes back to what we were talking about with like money and our schedule like yeah. you create space for good things to happen and good things to come you know
0: 100% and i all i get in that same space and i have to tell myself to when i go to do something whether it even be making a post or um you know showing up on ig stories sometimes it's like am i doing this from a space of service or am i doing this from a space of i'm trying to hit this goal or I'm Mm -hmm. trying to sell out this program or I'm trying to do X, Y, Z, because if it's just from the space of I want or I need, um, then I know that that's all from scarcity. And so Mm -hmm. I have to check myself and then I'm like, okay, you're not doing this sister. (laughs) So (laughs) um, but I I have to do the same thing because ultimately like, and I say this all the time, ultimately I don't, yes, money and making an income and all that kind of stuff is great, but in the end, like I'm doing this to make an impact and to serve other people and not, but I feel like, you know, obviously making money from it is a great, um, what's the word, losing the word, (laughs) the the word it's on the tip of my tongue, (laughs) you know, it's like, yes, it's, it's the side, you know, it's like the bonus, it's the bonus, but in the end, I'm really just here to serve and make an impact in any way that I can. Um, and so I, 100%, like I, we are totally on the same wavelength. <laughs> yes. Um,
1: and when you put your energy into serving and you're not so focused on, I feel like it's almost impossible to be in a scarcity mindset while you're serving. Mm-hmm. So if you are serving that, it, it almost beckons things to you, like, cause you're just living in a place of abundance because if your heart is truly in a place of serving in that moment, that's what you're focused on is just kind of showing up and being your best and, you know, doing what you can to help other people be their best. And to me, and I know some people like kind of, oh, that's kind of woo woo. But like, I, I really do believe that, that when you're coming from that place of service, like you're allowing that good stuff to like, you're not reaching for it. You're not hoping for it. Like it's just coming to you because you're, you're so, consumed with pouring your energy into making yourself better and making those people around you better.
0: Yeah. And let it be woo, whatever people want to call it, like Mm -hmm. where you operate, operate from like your frequency level, whatever you want to call it. Like if you're Mm operating from a space like of love and service and support and whatever frequency you want to call it, like Mm -hmm. things come to you, um, in a way that, and the only way I ever have ever described it as say, it just like lines up magically things happen and it feels like effortless. It feels magic, like magic. But when we're operating from this state of, you know, I need, or I have to, or if I don't, this will happen. Or, um, you know, whether it be frustration or you're disappointed because this didn't happen. No, nothing's going to happen the way that you want it to happen. Because first of all, what we focus on expands. So if we're focused on the fact that nothing's happening for us, then it's going to continue to not happen.
1: Right. Because that's where you're putting your energy. So that's what you're calling in, you know? And I was going to say, to go along with what you just said, when you look for good things, like if you go throughout your day and you're looking for good things, you're going to find good things. If you're going through your day looking for bad things, you're going to find bad things.
0: 100%. And it's just like um, uh, another guy that I had on the podcast and he's a mindset coach as well. I've had him um, on, I think it was like episode 30, but he Is great. And he said an analogy that basically that, you know, once you like buy this car, you go and you buy a car and it's this car that you've like loved forever. And you're so excited. You go and buy this, you know, red Jeep, whatever. And after you buy that red Jeep, you see red Jeeps everywhere. And it's because of what you're focused on. It's the same thing. If you're focused on finding those red Jeeps, or that's, you know, you're gonna find the red Jeeps. If you're focused on, you know, finding the good, you're gonna find the good. But if you're in that negative state all the time, and you stump your toe in the morning, and then you spill your coffee, and then you do this, and you do that, Everything you're focusing on everything that happens. That's, you know, negative. You get in your car and you're out of gas and you got to do this. And it's just negative all the time. So Mm -hmm. I 100% agree. It's just all about where you're focusing Mm -hmm. um, to on how you're going to, you know, what you're going to attract in and what you're going to see and how your day ultimately is going to go.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So,
0: okay. So first of all, um, I feel like we went down a lot of different roads that <laughs> I honestly, that's why I love um, interview, not interviews, but like conversation type interviews because right. I never know where they're going to go and they're always, so mm-hmm. fun for me. but um, I wanted to just kind of wrap things up a little bit um, and ask you first, if there's any um, tip, like if you said every day now that you're a full-time at home, running hustle sanely. Um, what would be like? What are your three non-negotiables like for you every single day to make sure that you are in the right frame of mind, mindset to do what you need to do from a place of service?
1: I it's all my all three things are in my morning routine, one hundred and ten percent. I would say I always start with meditating, and I do. Um, three to five minutes and I have a blog post actually that kind of talks about, cause I shared it on Instagram stories, but you know, I can get kind of chatty on stories and it's just good to have it all condensed in one place. <laughs> um, and people would kind of circle back at Instagram's funny like that. They would be like, did you save that anyway? Did you highlight your three minute meditation method? And I was like, no, I didn't. So I went ahead and did a blog post on it. Um, but I always have to start with that and mm-hmm. um it's super simple and like you said it's just kind of i have no expectations when i go into it um and that i feel like that's really important whenever you are doing any type of meditation practice is you not to get upset with yourself um like if you know your mind is kind of buzzing a little bit more that day <clears throat> excuse me um so i always start with a meditation first and that's kind of just to give myself like 3 to 5 minutes of just like To let my mind kind of almost like rev up for the day, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. So that would definitely be number one. Number two is my mindfulness journal. Um, Just because it kind of puts in front of me inside my mindfulness journal, I also have um, my vision board. So whenever I finish my journaling for the morning, I always flip back to the vision board page so that the next morning when I open it, that's the first thing that I see. Mm -hmm. Um, so I look at my vision board and do my mindfulness, um, journaling, which has gratitude in it, which is what I was going to say is my third one Mm -hmm. is just saying something that I'm grateful for. I write them down in my journal, but something that I like to do is I always tell my husband every morning, one thing that I'm grateful for that morning. And it can be something small, something big. I feel like when people hear that, they're like, that's so overwhelming to have to write down what you're grateful for every day. But uh, going back to what we were saying, if you know that you're gonna have to write down stuff that you're grateful for throughout your day, you're looking for stuff that you're grateful for. Yeah. So it's it's really cool. So those are my three out: uh, meditation, mindfulness journal, and gratitude. Absolutely, I love all three of those, mm-hmm. and
0: that's those are the like the pillars of my morning routine as well. Mm-hmm. And coffee.
1: So. Yes, of course.
0: Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Can I really even have a morning routine without it? So. Um, to wrap things up first, I want Mm -hmm. to ask you three random questions. Um, question is what is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word is, I feel like I should say hustle because it's part of my business, but it's not my favorite word is flourish. I love the the way that it flows off Mm -hmm. of your tongue. I love the way that it looks when you write it and I love what it means. So flourish. Good word. Thanks. Um,
0: second question is what is your favorite sound?
1: My favorite sound. Okay. The sound itself is cliche, but the story behind it makes it a little bit more interesting. So I love the sound of like running water, not like big waterfalls, but like small creeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and they've always been special to me since I was a little girl. And the little story is I remember when I was probably, I don't know, like six or seven, I tried to, build a creek in my bedroom because I just love the sound of it. So I carried rocks in from outside. I had bucket and we had carpet. I had buckets of water. And I was just like, why isn't it staying? And my parents walked in and they were like, what is going on here? And I was like, we're building a creek because the sound like soothed me. (laughs) So that song has always just been special and it always reminds me of that funny story from my childhood too. That is hilarious. I love
0: that. Um, (laughs) Last question is bedroom, car, or desk? What do you make sure is cleaned first?
1: Desk, 100% good good my our bed our bedrooms pretty minimal we don't mm-hmm. keep a lot of stuff in there so it's kind of just easy i don't have to do anything to keep it clean and yeah. um, my my jeep it's funny you were talking about jeeps cuz i drive a jeep and it was my dream car when i got it and it still is um but it's a mess it is a total mess it's probably nice. the messiest part of my life yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah mine too um, yep. my husband hates it like hates it he's always like why is your car so dirty i'm like it's not dirty it's just that there might be a water yeah. bottle and a gym yeah. bag and there's yeah. like a jacket, and there's, you know, I have things that I need in here. Okay. Um, okay, so last thing is, how can you? How can people find you? Where can they connect with you if they want to shop your Etsy shop or where website? I know everything's like housed at your website. So where would you like yeah. to send them to connect with you?
1: That is my hub. Everything and anything that I have on the internet is at jessicamassie.com. You can find my Instagram there. I run a book club um, through Facebook that you can find on there. All of my t-shirts are on there. My digital planners are on there. My courses will be on there. Uh, So that's kind of, and I do a freebie too every Sunday. Um, Sometimes it's a digital planning page or, and a lot of people, um, they print them out because they don't have an iPad to do digital planning. So um, the pages can be used like as hard copies as well. Um, And you can sign up for my email list to get like the weekly freebie. Um, It's either a digital planning product or some type of planning product or um, I do a lot of like I said, I hand letter the T-shirt designs, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So I'll just do like a, an encouraging hand lettered like goodie, and people usually make them um, the background of their phone screen or on their Apple Watch. Which I didn't even know you could do that. Yes, but I you have this one. On yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it.
0: It's like, I, cause that's something that I focus on a lot right now is Mm -hmm. celebrating the small things and the big things. And so kind of anchoring them in and be like, thank you very much. I'm ready. I love that
1: phrase that you keep saying anchoring in. I'm going to have to use that. I've never heard that. I like that. It's good. Just anchor in the moments and yes ready to call in more. So I have a um, a list on my phone that is just my favorite. I call it my power word list. So I'll have yeah. to add that. Add yes. anchor. It's a good word. Flourish is at
0: the top and yes. I'll have to add anchor too. Yes. yes, you should. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a great time chatting Absolutely. with you. I loved every part of this conversation and all the you know, ways it went twisted and turned. And we talked about all the things. So I cannot wait to put this episode out there. And for those of you listening, I will see you in the next episode.